this week on The Startup Life. And so I would have to go and talk to customers after they purchased the music, ask them, why are you purchasing this? You know, what is right. it about this artist? Try to get some data as the research right. for the radio station. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Ina Esco, founder of Ivy Multimedia and host of the Verbally Effective podcast, The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own luck, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got my friend in the building today, <laughs> Ina Esco of the Verbally Effective Podcast. How's it going, ma'am? It's going great, Dominic. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Yes. You are? Okay. You sure? Yes. Okay. I promise I am. <laughs> I feel like I need to get on top of your microphone like no, I usually am. you good. Okay. You good. You good. You okay. good. So first things first, ma'am, tell us about your story of entrepreneurship and how you got to where you are now. Oh, it's such a long story. Do I start at the like very beginning? You can start wherever you want. Um, you can start in Texas. I can start. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. um, I'm actually from Beaumont, Texas. Um I moved from Texas at the age of 16 with my dad, okay. and he is retired Army uh, okay. right now. But he was he was enlisted and in the Army um, when I was 16. Mm-hmm. When I moved with him, we moved to St. Louis, okay. and that's where he was stationed. And we were probably there, well, I guess I was probably there a couple of months, and then he got orders to go to Millington. Okay. So that's how we came out this way. Um, I graduated from Millington High School. And um, when I was a senior in college, I was smart. I, I was in honors classes, but I didn't know what I really wanted to do. Gotcha. And my dad was like, well, baby, let me tell you now, I'm not taking out no loan. So okay. you need to get on top of these <laughs> scholarships. Gotcha. And I had waited so late, but I played sports. I played uh, volleyball, basketball, and track. And I was really okay. good at volleyball. And the coach at Lamont on College, she came to recruit me. Okay. And so when I initially went to Lamont, I had like a dual scholarship, mm-hmm. um, academic and volleyball. Nice. Athletic. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, I went to Lamont. It was crawling. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I had a great time at Lamont. Mm-hmm. Um, I played volleyball for two years. I and I, after my first year, I became a Dubois scholar where I was full academic because nice. I didn't want to. I already knew I didn't want to keep playing volleyball okay. or you know have to be up under that athletic scholarship the whole time while I was there. Mm-hmm. So after the first couple of years, I got into a sorority, okay. Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, All right. and I All was right. very busy with that. Um, I had become the president of the sorority. Um, I ran for Miss Lemoyne, became Miss Lemoyne okay. in uh, 2000, graduated in 01. But um, I think it was really during the time that I was Miss Lemoyne where I was doing a lot of public speaking. Got it. Okay. So um, I really developed a passion for media. And I want to say like when I was younger, I used to always watch the news with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Like when I would get out of school, they putting it on the, the evening news uh, right. with Dan Rather and, and I'm watching like <laughs> gotcha. as a young child. So I was always like a news junkie mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, I could do that. I, I think when I was younger, I really wanted to be on the TV. Okay. And so um, fast forward to Lemoyne. Um, as an AKA, we used to have a lot of parties and I ran into Devin Steele. He used to DJ our parties. Right, right. And I was like, hey, how do I get on the radio? And um, he's like, what do you want to do on the radio? I was like, I want to be on air. What do mm-hmm. I need to do? He was like, well, if you're serious, come to the station Monday morning and meet with the program director at 10. I wow. said, okay. okay. <laughs> right. So I guess, you know, maybe he told people that before and they didn't do it. So I did it. I was there Monday at 10 and uh, spoke to the program director. And he was trying to fill me out, trying to see what I wanted to do. Right. 
And he's like, I hear what you're saying, Ina, you want to be on the air, but I'm not going to start you off on the air. Okay. I'm going to start you off as a research coordinator. Okay. So I was like, well, what does that entail? Well, you're going to go to the different stores. Because back then we had music stores. Right. <laughs> you yes, know, we, we had to go buy right. our music. Right. Purchase sure. CDs, uh, things like that. I'm pretty sure there's a 16-year-old now don't know like, what's, what's, a music Sam, store? what's Sam Goody. Yeah. It's Pop Tunes. What's that, Pop right? Tunes was <laughs> right. the store. Mm -hmm. And so I would have to go and talk to customers after they purchased the music, ask them, why are you purchasing this? You know, what is right. it about this artist? Try to get some data as the research right. for the radio station. Mm -hmm. And so they would take this information and, you know, I never knew exactly what they did with it, but I had an idea to kind of push some of the records that they wanted to play. Gotcha. Um, so did that, maybe it was two months and then it was showtime. He was like, one weekend, he was like, Ina, you ready to be on air? I'm like, sure. He was like, okay, so tonight is your big night. It was like 12 o'clock AM on a Friday night. And, um, so we kind of went over some breaks and everything. He's like, well, what's your name going to be? And I was like, China doll. He was like, no. <laughs> I was like, why not? That's my line name, China doll. Gotcha. And he was like, Ina, believe me, you do not want your radio name to be China doll. And I, I couldn't understand. They was like, uh, a lot of strippers go by China doll. Oh, okay. But I didn't know that. Like, gotcha. I was like, really? He was like, even if you think it's cute, everybody not going to think it's cute. I was like, right. oh, so what, my, what is my name going to be? He was like, uh, well, I, he had like a double XL magazine. You know, that's like the old hip hop magazine. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm going to flip the pages and wherever you stop, we're going to choose something off of there to go with Ina. Okay. He's like, because we don't want to use your government name either. I'm like, okay. And so he flipped the pages and I stopped. It was a Willie Esco clothing mm -hmm. ad. Right, right. And then it was like, cool, the double E, Ina <laughs> gotcha. Esco. And I was like, whatever. Like, I want China doll. But <laughs> we rolled with Ina Esco. That first night went great. Um, ever since then, I've been on the air. I, I started like doing weekend shifts. Nice. And um, that was at Flynn Broadcasting. That was Hot 107. Right. So they're right. still around to this day. Mm -hmm. And it was like a whole group of us. And then... Um, Devin later went to Clear Channel and mm -hmm. we were like, we want to come to Clear Channel too. And mm -hmm. he was like, well, I'll try to get you guys on. And maybe within six months, we were like one by one going to Clear Channel. Gotcha. And that's when Clear Channel was on Union Avenue. Okay. You remember okay. that? Yeah, I do. I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, for and, sure. For sure. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Ina, because, you know, there's a lot of people who have that, who are on that path to entrepreneurship and they're afraid to like just go up and just ask those questions, right? So when you went up and asked Devin Steele, like, hey, you know, what does it take to be on the radio? Like, what made you do that? Like, was it like something you had to build up to? Like, you know what, I'm just gonna ask him. Like, how, uh, I didn't have to build up to it. Okay. I, knew that, I knew that he was in an industry that I wanted to be in. Fair enough. And I knew he could answer my question. Gotcha. You know, mm -hmm. instead of like asking my friend who really don't know and may mm -hmm. know him, I said, well, let me just go ask him. But I've always been a pretty straightforward person to ask people questions that I wanted to know. Gotcha. Um, but I do understand what you're saying. Right. People may be a little hesitant, right. you know, to ask those hard questions. Mm -hmm. But I say, if it's on your mind, all questions are good questions. I hear that. All questions are good questions. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. And so when you got that first opportunity, that, that Friday night at 12 oh, o'clock. I was nervous. Okay, tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. All I can remember back then is just, Back then, radio and right now, radio is so different because back then you were dealing with way more elements mm -hmm. when you're live on air versus now where you can pre-record a lot of things. Gotcha. So okay. um, I think I was more so how do how would I sound across the air? You know, it's kind of like a deafening silence when you hit on air and you're live on mm -hmm. air, you know. Right. But I got through it and the more I did it, it was easier. Gotcha. The more and more I did it, it was easier. But like, once again... Back then, everything was live. Now, it's so much pre-recording, syndication. Right. Mm. You don't know what's live and what's recorded these days. Right. It's much easier now, in my opinion. Gotcha. But I think it's much harder to get into a role like on-air radio now. For sure, for sure. And I was actually going to ask you that later, but I appreciate that, you know, that difference between when you started and how it is now. Because I was curious about, because everything, you know, you know, industries change, mm -hmm. you know, roles change, whatever the case may be. So I wanted to kind of get your take on that. But thank you for sharing that. That's kind of yes. dope. That's kind of <laughs> dope. So tell me a little bit about your time at uh, Lamar Oil College. And I know you always champion uh, being an alum there and mm -hmm. stuff like that. But, you know, uh, in while you're supported or whatever, explain why it's important to to 
to really hype up, you know, the fact that it's, you know, it's HBCU and stuff like that. Why is that important to you? Well, it is important to me. Um, I'll be honest with you. When I first received the scholarship to go to Lemoyne, I knew mm-hmm. it was an HBCU, but I wasn't gung-ho on it had to be an HBCU. Gotcha. I went to. You know, honestly, I went there because I had the scholarship to go there. But while I was there, I learned so much about African-American history. Okay. I mean, that was a part of the curriculum there. And I think that that is a big plus for, you know, people that are pursuing going to an HBCU and why it's so important to learn about your history. Mm -hmm. Because, as you know, the regular curriculum that you learn in school, they're not going to tell you everything. Right, right. (laughs) So, um I'm a big supporter of Lamorne on College. Um, they really, you know, really instilled in me um, just being a proud African-American female. Um, being in a DuBois Scholar program, it was like we were like a small group of, I guess, some of the brightest individuals on campus. And we worked on different projects, uh, learned about um you know, more in depth in history um, with African American studies, and you meet so many people. It was it, it was black people there, but it was a lot of different minorities on campus as well, mm-hmm. and the professors were very diverse as well. Um, but you know, like today, you hear so much about HBCUs closing mm-hmm. and them needing money, right. and I mean. It's not until I really became an adult where I really do see the need for people to give back and provide money to these HBCUs because, you know, they depend a lot on endowments, for sure. the leadership to go out and get the money. So now it's like I understand that piece of it more. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be a part of them receiving funds that they need to keep the college going because they definitely need it. For sure. For sure. That is definitely an issue with funding yeah. in HBCUs these days. So, Ina, let me ask you this, because, you know, you mentioned earlier that you're from Texas, but you decided to call Memphis home. Why Memphis? Why why stay here? You know what? <laughs> you know what? When, okay. I'm going to tell you, when I was at LeMoyne, um, I kept saying, I'm moving back to Texas after I graduate. Mm-hmm. And then I met a guy. Okay. And I got engaged Mm -hmm. and he was from New Jersey. And I was like, I'm moving to the East Coast, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But after getting to know that person, I called it off. But then I was like, well, am I going to move to Texas? My senior year at LeMoyne, I um, received an internship at Cummins Incorporated. Are you familiar with Cummins? And um, they hired me as soon as I graduated. And they were like, just they just developed me, developed uh, my marketing skills, um, product management skills. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, I want to say I stayed. I liked Memphis. I liked what I had. I had like a dual life because it was all radio and it was all corporate. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I know either, you know, either one of these paths is going to get me to success. Right. So that's really, I think, what rooted me in Memphis. Okay. Yeah. Cool deal. Cool deal. Thank you for sharing that. So let me ask you this, because many people who you know, uh, who walk the path of the entrepreneur, they're always inspired by stuff, by people, by things, wherever the case may be. Who or what inspires you, Ina, and why? Oh, well, as it relates to media, mm-hmm. I would say Oprah Winfrey has always been um, a the big goat, inspiration. Right? The goat, the what goat, are you right? saying? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Wendy Williams. Okay. I know a lot okay. of people like don't like Wendy, gotcha. but I've been following Wendy for a long time. She's the best to ever do it in what she does in her lane. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know right. she talk about a lot of people or whatever, but <laughs> I mean, if you watch like um, her path, mm-hmm. I mean, she's taking it from radio to her own show, like Mogul Mogul. Right. Even Oprah. All media representatives have always been an inspiration to me. Um, I kind of want to say that I'm like a remix of Oprah and Wendy Williams. Okay. Somewhat. Okay. Somewhat. I got you. I got, hey, look, it is what it is. Name and claim it, right? Yes. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I yes. hear that. I That's hear how that. verbally effective stuff. Oh, uh, they're all oh, okay. I don't jump the gun. You shit, man. Hold on. Hold on. But no, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, uh, you're right. You know, people do have a lot to say when it comes to Wendy Williams, but you cannot deny the work ethic. Yes. You cannot deny the climb. That she took from, I believe, Hot 97 and stuff like yes. that, right? So, absolutely. Billy, so, yes. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. So, Ina, I, I noticed that you do voiceover work. Mm-hmm. 
as well, right? And so I, I kind of came across a few clips. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Which ones, Dominique? The, uh, the the crystal clips. Oh, those are my favorite. <laughs> the crystal clips, right? <laughs> yes. So I, I guess I wanted to know, what's your dream voiceover job? Like, if you just snap your finger, you're like, I want this voiceover job, what would it be? Oh, I would love to voice a character in like an animated movie. Okay. I would, okay. I, I don't know necessarily what character, but I would love to do something like that. Gotcha. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Because I'm a big player of video games, and so they uh-huh. always have like video game voiceover stuff like that. Would you voice over a video game? I would. You, I do would. you any particular one, or you, just not really? So like, for, like Fortnite? You do Fortnite? I, like, do okay. they talk on Fortnite? I don't, know. I don't play Fortnite. My son so does. My 13 year old does. Okay. They say a little stuff, but they could get kind of crunk on Fortnite. <laughs> but I would love to get into the gaming industry and do that. Mm-hmm. And I've even thought about doing like some audio books. Okay. Um, let me ask you this. When okay. you heard the crystals spot, what did you think? I thought it was good. I, you? It, you know, because you were talking about the, the different. First of all, I got hungry. Because <laughs> <laughs> talking about the different, like, you know, ranch chick and the yeah. saucy chicks, stuff like that. But I thought it was cool. I thought it was but really you good. You know what? I, I love that campaign mm-hmm. that the, the station did with Crystals because you had an opportunity to be creative and make. It's like they literally said, hey, here's a simple idea and I want you to be creative mm-hmm. and come up with the commercial yourself. And so they usually you're handed scripts to read, mm-hmm. but we were able to be creative. And so every time I would submit a different crystal commercial, it was like, Oh, this is good. Thank you. Thank right. you. I'm like, Oh, I must be on the right track. Right. And then I love how it was kind of like a, I guess like a double entendre almost like, mm-hmm. you know, saucy chicks and stuff yeah. like that. That was kind of dope. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. See, I told you I've been stalking you. I see. Like you it. dug deep for that. <laughs> you dug deep for that. Crystal side. <laughs> gotcha. So l- let me ask you this because, you know, as many of us have, you know, we've been in corporate America, you know, from time to time, where the case may be, even many of us who are entrepreneurs, you know, we, we have bosses that, you know, don't really work with us very well, right? So I wanted to ask you, what did you learn from your worst boss you've ever had? Mm-hmm. You know what? I mentioned I worked at Cummins Mm -hmm. and in 2012, um, I was actually laid off from Cummins and this particular boss, um, I had kept getting promoted and I finally got into the international business component area. Okay. And so my boss was Indian Mm -hmm. and I worked with, Cummins is very diverse. I worked Mm -hmm. with quite a few Indians. I, I, Never had any issues. But for some reason, this particular boss, uh, he came in. He was the general manager. And you know how you have to train your boss mm-hmm. on what they need to know? It's funny how that works. But I yeah. know, right? Right, right. And so I, ha- I had to go through that, which I had been through that before. But this time it was a little different because he wasn't in the building. He was off-site from mm-hmm. our area. So he would come in. We would go over everything. Um, and I felt that I had so much knowledge in different areas. I was in a turbocharger business. Okay. And, you know, he would question me and question me and question me. And I'm like, you know, like I've been doing this for years. I had to learn to be more humble, though. Like okay. cause sometimes I feel like maybe certain situations could have gone a little different. Gotcha. Had, had I maybe humbled myself a little bit more. You know, I, I felt that, you know, there was a disconnect with him and women, especially black women. Okay. So that was an issue. I never had a bad review or anything, but when it was time for layoffs, they can do what they want to do. So I was laid off. I was heartbroken. I was like, oh, my God. And I just kept trying to think, well, what is the bigger picture here? What could I have done different? You Mm -hmm. know, Um, they knew I worked in radio on the side and everything. You know, I I was always there, always traveling with work. I thought I, I did the best that I could do. But when I look back. I think that in certain situations, I probably could have humbled myself. And you know how you think you're an expert at something and can't nobody tell you anything? <laughs> yes. Are you Absolutely. like that sometimes? From time to time, I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I look at it now, I probably could have stepped back and gotcha. listened more. Um, sure. Could have done a few things differently. Gotcha. You know? I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so, you know, from that, you know, I, I want to know. Because, you know, when we talk about, you know, uh, our careers and our and our path to entrepreneurship, you know, not everything goes the way we plan, right? So I want to know what you learned from your biggest failure. Mm, I think that the biggest failure was was that particular situation that particular when situation. I was laid okay. off. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Um, actually, in radio, um, okay. at one point, 
I was doing the middays on K97. Okay. And it was different because I was working my corporate job mm-hmm. and I would leave my corporate job and go to the station and pre-record the midday for the next day. Gotcha. So just imagine all them hours I was working every day, mm-hmm. like stressing myself out. But I did it and I did it for like a year and a half. And then it came to a point where my boss was like, well, Ina, we're going to do something different. And okay. I was like, why? Like, it was it me? And, mm-hmm. and in reality, I was stressing myself out. Like, I needed a break. Gotcha. But I didn't think of it like that at that time. Mm-hmm. So that break kind of made me reevaluate some things like, well, you know, you need to sit down somewhere anyway and focus on your family, <laughs> you know, because right. you're always gone. Right. So I think like a lot of failures kind of, you know, prepare you for your next and best move. Definitely. Because it kind of make you just evaluate everything that's going on. Right. And at that time, I was working too much. Um, I had a little toddler at home. Mm-hmm. I was hardly seen, you know, but I'm trying to chase my dreams, chase my dreams. I got to right. do what I got to do. And I even had an anxiety attack. I had to go to the emergency mm. room. It, it was getting bad, and right. I wasn't looking at it like that. Gotcha. Well, let me ask you this, because when you talk about, you know, your support team, your oh. husband and your kids and stuff like that, how have they been? How have they supported you in this in this endeavor? Well, when I met my husband, I was already in radio, and I okay. kept saying, I'm, I'm going to get me a guy that <laughs> understands mm-hmm. I got to do what I got to do type right. thing. <laughs> So I didn't. I knew I didn't want a jealous guy or anything like that. Because in this business, you deal with a lot of men. It's very mm-hmm. male dominated. Right. So um, I met my husband. He's very, you know, family oriented. I really don't have any issues with jealousy or anything mm-hmm. like that. But he's always been right there when I tell him I want to do something. Well, baby, try it. You know, he's always been very supportive. I hear that. And my kids, I have a 13-year-old and a 5-year-old. They've grown up around the radio business. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially when I started this podcast. I'm not trying to fast forward, but when I started it, my son was it. just so gung-ho about mm-hmm. it. It's like, yes, mom, now you can do your own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So having a support system is very important because if you don't have a good support system, I don't think what you're trying to do is going to work. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's going to be some holes in there somewhere. Gotcha. So when you was like, you know, at Cummins, quick follow up, when you was at Cummins and you was doing the radio stage, how did you balance it? Like, you know, like what what does the average day look like? Oh, uh, eight to five. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it comes. I okay. would leave there, go directly to the radio station. And so you would think I'll jump right into recording. Sometimes I would have to wait for my boss to load the music for the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, so I may be there. I would probably get home about 1030 at night, if not later. Mm-hmm. And that was a year and a half gotcha. of that. Right. Gotcha. Did you feel like you were beating yourself up with like seeing your family as much and stuff like that? I did. Yeah. I did. I okay. did sometimes. Gotcha. Especially when I would see my son, you know, get close up on my husband instead of me when mm. I would get home. Yeah. Feel some type of way about that? Yes. Understood. Yes. I definitely understand that. Yeah. Well, you know, let me ask you this because, you know, entrepreneurs are always talking about, you know, professional development, always improving their craft, getting better, stuff like that. So when you hear professional development, what does that mean to you and what are you learning now? Okay. So professional development, um, I think professional development is very important mm-hmm. in any industry that you're in. Um just even when I worked at Cummins, there there were always like trainings that we would go to to enhance our skills. Um, for example, in marketing, we've even gone to the United Kingdom for additional wow. training. Okay. But professional development to me is very important, especially if you want to be an expert at what you say you do. Right. Um, I know I'm in the podcasting realm right now, mm-hmm. but I strive to be an expert in this particular field. Um, you know, I started the pod box because I, I want to mm-hmm. learn from other people as right. well sure. and understand the skills that they have. What could I be doing different? What's going on in the industry? Um, I'm always keeping up with what's going on in the podcasting industry and in radio in general. I've been in radio about 20 years now. So um, I've always been on top of like some of the more technical side of radio, mm-hmm. um, learning new equipment with the producers, For things sure. of that nature. For sure. And not just waiting on them to tell you to do it. I hear that. Take the initiative right. to learn for yourself. I hear that. I hear that. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. How do you like being on the startup? Like I that? like it. I'm running my mouth. Hey, 
<laughs> you doing just fine. I have read it in my mouth. You're doing just fine. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're getting great value from Ana's content, but we got to pay a few bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson. This is the Startup Life Podcast, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. Hey, business owner, the startup life reach is growing. Wouldn't you like your business to grow with it? Reach out to us to advertise on the startup life. You can reach us at 901-857-4818, or you can email me at dominic at askowlsolutions.com. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, this is a great music to have break on, but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music, but your business being advertised on it? Need more content from the Startup Life, you say? You can now sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass on the Binge Podcast Network's Patreon page. There is exclusive content written by yours truly, video content where I share even more of my business philosophies, and whatever crazy content I can think of out of that crazy head of mine. And at only $5 a month, yeah, $5 a month, this is more content for you, Startup Nation, to really get ahead of your competition. So instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint, you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to sign up. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So, Ina, take me back to January 7th, 2018. What happened on January 7, 2018? My first podcast. Your first podcast episode. The podcasting game changed that day, right? It changed. So tell us about launch day. Tell us about why you decided to do Verbally Effective, the Verbally Effective podcast, which you can catch the link in the show notes, Startup Nation, for easy access to check out the Verbally Effective podcast. So what made you start it? How was launch day? Tell me about that process. What made me start? Mm-hmm. I, I kept hearing about podcast this podcast that I want to say I was really in tuned to that word maybe in 2016 okay and um, I heard a few people at the station talking about it but they they didn't start one or anything so I was like hmm let me do a little research on it would do light research on it and if I was asked to be on like a panel empowerment panel they'd be like you know what's next i'm like i'm gonna start a podcast Mm -hmm. but i had never started it and that's like let's say back to 2016 and so it came to a point with the radio piece where i think i wasn't really fulfilled i hear that and i wanted to do something with that platform but something different that i didn't have to ask anybody for any help that's important. Right. That's important. So right. I said, let me dive deeper into this podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I went online. I did my research. I was like, okay, I really have all the tools that I need technical wise to do it, mm-hmm. which is the studio. Right. So I said, all these empty studios in the building, they don't, they not going to care if I just <laughs> use one one day and go record. They're empty anyway. Right. So. My very first podcast was with R. Kelly's group, Public Announcement. Okay. Oh, R. Kelly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The irony of it all, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And look, they was, and so I interviewed them. They were here for a New Year's Eve party Mm -hmm. at the beginning of 2018, and I was the host, and I had them come on my show on that Sunday to do a a light interview, and they was like, hey, we don't want to talk about R. Kelly. Don't say nothing about R. Kelly. Okay. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Right. So uh, we talked about, you know, um, them, you know, it was so many R&B groups trying to do like a relaunch, you know, mm-hmm. come back on the scene. So we talked a lot about that, about their time in Chicago, their tour, their new album. And after I did that interview, I said, you know what, this is going to be my first podcast because this is some good content. I said, I'm going to use this as my first 
podcast. And what I did, like after my shift, my Sunday shift on the radio, I went into the studio. I took that audio. Um, I probably started it off with a little bit about public announcement and okay. then went right into the interview. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to do this weekly. And I don't care what nobody say. Every time I come here on Sunday morning after my show, I'm going to do another podcast. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like it was easier for me to interview someone. Um, mm -hmm. I like to talk to people. I have a like a knack for pulling things out of them. So I right. said, it's going to be an interview style podcast. So okay. every week I, I recorded another podcast. And social media is great because I looked at social media as... I'm going to find my people on here. If I don't already know them, I'm following these people because I'm looking for some content. I hear that. And, and I may want them to come, ask them to be on my show. Right. Everyone was so receptive mm -hmm. and met every week. And I consistently did. I remember one time my boss was like, you here again for the podcast? You record another podcast? I said, I'm doing it weekly, like I said. And mm -hmm. it was like, oh, okay. And so now it's on a roll, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. So I'm still doing it weekly. Gotcha. And I think that's important, Startup Nation. When we talk about podcasting, you know, you have to be, and I, we always talk about the two C's, you know, content and consistency, right? Consistency, consistency is, is so important because when you're vying, when you're competing with so many other people for mm -hmm. uh, people's attention, it can be hard. So you yeah. do that podcast one one day and then yeah. you wait the next month, you might be forgotten about. It's so many people that do that though. It's, it's more true. people that do that than be consistent, I think. That's true. No, it is. only Believe it or not, only 3% of podcasts make it. And it's I not like, it. and it's not like somebody's coming in and canceling your show. Right. right. So it's kind of crazy. You right? do it at your leisure. You do it. At like, your leisure, you know right? it. Yeah. And so, you have to make your mind up, you know. For sure. You know, really quick follow up, and this is just for you know my personal indulgence. What do you think is the state of R and B these days? Right now. Because like, you know, because like or at the very least R and B groups. Like I don't see R and B groups like, you know, like back in my back in our day, right? Uh <laughs> you had Shy and Silk yeah. and stuff like that. But I don't really see R and B groups like that. What what do you think about the state of R and B these days? You know what? I, I think right now all of those old groups you're talking mm -hmm. about, they're trying to make a comeback. Gotcha. Because, because outside of that, I mean, you have like your Trey songs, your Bryson Tillage, your Tanks. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I work for an R&B format station. Mm -hmm. To me, it, it, it's not like it's, you can't compare today to back then. It, right. It's just I don't think that people are checking for some of the newer talent these mm -hmm. days from what I'm saying. Gotcha. But people are checking for these comebacks. Like they, these people are buying tickets to see mm -hmm. like Drew Hill come back and do right. their thing. But the music sounds different to me. You got your younger guys like your Bryson Tillers. It's a different vibe. It's just not that 90s feel anymore. Right. And maybe right. that's what we're looking for. We're not getting it and we're not receptive. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing. I was just curious about that. What do you think about R and B right now? I feel the same way. Is right, you know. Like to be fair, I don't listen to a ton of like radio and music and stuff like that. But like, I feel the same way because like I hear some. It's like okay, I'll give this guy you know a, a try. And I was like, mm, no, nah, I guess I guess it's it, like you want to try I, 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 and then you hear something. Right, it's like, like I guess I guess like I guess the moment has passed me now. You know, yeah. now I'm the old guy in the corner. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It'll make you feel like that though. Right, for sure, for sure. So, you know, let's talk more about Verbally Effective because you just recently came across your 50th episode, man. Uh -huh. Like, you know, and we just talked about how 3% of most podcasts don't make it. They really don't make it past episode three or four. Yeah. Right? So, what does 50 mean to you? Like, making it to uh -huh. that milestone, what does that mean to you? And how did you feel when you got to that uh, that number? I felt awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I felt accomplished. Um, I felt like Oh, I made this milestone, but I have so much more work to do. For sure. I, mean, I, I still felt like that. Um, I felt proud of, you know, the people that came and actually was a guest on my show because believe it or not, I still keep in contact with all of my guests because mm -hmm. once they come on a verbally effective podcast, it's like I want to keep supporting them and pushing them. I hear that. So I continue to keep up with my guests, recycle their information. Mm -hmm. Um 50 meant a lot to me. I feel like it's really like quarter one of the big play. I hear that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And so Q2 around the corner uh, and like the big finale coming through. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So why why verbally effective? Why, why did you call it verbally effective? Everybody asked me that question. <laughs> you know, I could have went with something cheesy with my name in it or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was like. 
verbally effective. I was writing down so many different names and I bounced off that verbally effective to a few people. Everybody was like, that's different. I will roll with that. That's different. And then when you think about it, verbally effective to me, I want you to be verbally effective mm -hmm. when you come on my show, or at least by the time you leave, you will have been verbally effective because right. I'm going to get you there. <laughs> okay. But it's kind of like a play on words. Right. Um, we're, we're on a podcast. It's this audio. Mm -hmm. You know, we're being verbally effective. You right. know, the listeners are going to gain something out of this episode. I hear that. I hear that. So let me ask you this because, you know, I, I know with the start of life, I had missteps. Right. Mm -hmm. What were some of those missteps in the early days of Verbally Effective? Mm -hmm. Me wanting to to incorporate some of that good old music <laughs> and hip hop and running into copyright infringement. Right. Uh, it's like every time I guess a call, I'm like, what's your favorite song? And I was like, just writing it down. like, <laughs> Oh, that's going to be the intro and the outro of my thing. That's how I did it for like maybe the first 20 or so episodes gotcha. until I started doing my research. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I want to get on this platform. They're not going to let me do that. Mm -hmm. So that was one of them. Also, just how I promoted it initially. It's all a big learning lesson uh, when mm -hmm. you first start until where I am today. Mm -hmm. Even with, with the guest selection, gotcha. um, when you may think somebody may be a great guest, like I said, even if I, if I come in there, I'm going to get something out of them to right. get them talking. But then you find a person that you really thought was going to be awesome. They might be like, uh, I might have to scratch that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens, but mm -hmm. that's just more prep work for you. Gotcha. Um, to kind of, you know, do more research on, on selecting your guests. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been doing some on-location things, okay. um, learning lessons on that mm -hmm. with the sound right. and particular shots and things like that as well. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a big learning game. Um, you know how you're, wh who are you hosting with? Who is your I, I do Lipson. I, I'm with Lipson. Okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you know how a particular host site may feed certain platforms, yes. mm -hmm. but you might want a different particular platform. Right, so you're right. going to have to pay another hosting yes. site right. to do that. That does that. Yeah, for so sure. So things mm -hmm. like that, yeah, you know, you. when you kind of trying to think big picture and, you know, really elevating your platform, I'm at that phase right gotcha. now. Gotcha. You, you bring up an interesting point, and I want to kind of get this out to Startup Nation because there's a lot of people who don't understand that when it comes to podcasting, it's not just turning the microphone and just talking. And no. you're talking about show prep and stuff like that. Yes. Right? Tell, tell us about that process and like when you how you go through your show prep before we even turn the microphone. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, you def and you know what the the show prep piece I think comes from my radio life because gotcha. it's gotcha. not like you can easily just get on there, look at the programming, see what music coming up, and just run your mouth. Or mm -hmm. you can give that listener more and research the artist that you're about to talk behind. Um, show prep is very important with a podcast because podcasts are informational. Right. It's like you know, like let's just say, even if I was like promoting you, Dominique, and mm -hmm. people know key things about you, but had I not asked you these certain questions before you came, I couldn't have dug deeper. Right. You know, right. so all of my guests, it's like an interview style. So I'm definitely like, you did your research on me. I'm definitely trying to find some gems and some nuggets. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not trying to get you. No, no, like no, that. I got you. No, I got you. But, but, you're, but you're trying to pull stuff out. Pull more out. Absolutely. You know, because some of these people may have already been interviewed and asked the same old questions. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about something different and go in another direction. Right. You know, but it's still about them. Right. And, you know, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pay you a compliment. I was telling Suna this earlier. I think one of your best attributes is, is your your. Uh, engagement and your active listening through interviews okay. and you pull out even more it's like no nah, we ain't even let that go <laughs> right we, we gotta pull that string a little bit right so now yeah. I, I've always admired your show from that regard that you're always able to pull out more from your guests and so Thank you. kudos kudos <laughs> for sure so you know you just reached episode 50 so obviously 100 is on you know the next big so milestone way. so with that being said you know I want to know what's the ultimate goal with verbally effective at its at its, at its pinnacle right mm. what does it look like for Ina Esco 
Ooh. <laughs> I definitely would love to have verbally effective more visually. Okay. Um, I'm never going to leave the audio piece out. Right. But I definitely would love to do, do some type of partnership with television. Gotcha. I also would like to partner with bigger sponsors, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. Um, I enjoy the on-location things that we've been trying. That's been really fun to kind of just get in a new environment and not just be stuck in the studio. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I would love to own my own studio. Okay. You know, okay. things of that where right. I'm like... Fully in charge of this verbally effective machine, which I am now, but I need help in certain areas. Gotcha. So um, I definitely want to just control my entire destiny very soon, but definitely TV. Gotcha. Well, that brings us to Ivy Multimedia, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. So Ivy Multimedia, Verbally Effective is up under the Ivy Multimedia umbrella. Mm-hmm. And, and this is my first baby under Ivy Multimedia. Right. So we have the Verbally Effective podcast. We also have the Podbox series mm-hmm. where we're creating a community of Mid-South podcasters and learning from each other. Right. Um, also under the Ivy Multimedia umbrella is media training. This is something new that Ivy Media, Ivy Multimedia is offering. Right. So, um, you know, if you have an artist or need someone that needs some help in PR matters, uh, we definitely can help with that. Um, but we're still trying to work on that TV piece. Gotcha. So this is just different things under the Ivy Multimedia umbrella that I have packaged right now, but it's still, it's evergreen. It's steadily growing. I hear that. I hear that. So it's time to brag because it is. it's not just you at Ivy Multimedia, is it? No. No, it's not. I have a team. Tell us about uh, Doc Suna over here, who's over <laughs> here in the cut, and Mr. Jeremy. Tell us about the team at Ivy okay, Multimedia. Okay, so Sana. Oh, Sana. I'm sorry. Sanai. My apologies. I've been saying the wrong thing the whole time. You should have said something. It is Sana. Sana. Doc Sana Marie. Right, Doc Sana. Yes. Uh, Sana joined me last year, and I actually was stalking her on uh, on Instagram. She was mm-hmm. away at grad school, but I had met her prior to that. Um, she used to work at the club. <laughs> and she was a hostess at the club and gotcha. that's when we first met mm-hmm. and we're sorors as well we're okay. both um, in Alpha Capital nice. Sorority Incorporated okay. and she was at Memphis and um, I had her on the show I saw that she was coming back I was like come and talk can you please come talk about sociology on the verbal and she was like yes so we talked a little before that and when she came we just clicked so well and mm-hmm. I was like hmm are you interested in being a producer she was like what does that entail I told her She's like, yeah. So, um, so I was actually my second team member. My first team member is Jeremy Pride. And Jeremy, I was actually on his show. He had a YouTube show called okay. The Sauce Talks. Okay. He was the host of the show. Um, they filmed in East Memphis. I went, I brought my son Dallas with me. I was like, oh, you're going to come with me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so we went and it was like kind of like a little urban hip hop hip-hop type feel, mm-hmm. um, interview-style television show. For sure. And so, Jarman was like, uh, you should do some visuals for your show. I was like, I will eventually. It's like, it was the last thing on my mind. Mm-hmm. And so, Jarman had kept following up. He was like, hey, uh, how about I just come up there and shoot and you just let me know what you think. Okay. And I was like, that's fair enough. <laughs> you know, it's just me and him. Ain't no big deal. So did that, and he's been with me ever since. It's like mm-hmm. um, he actually first began filming when he started with me. So I can't tell you tell you how many people book this man right now to this day. I've really seen Jeremy it. grow mm-hmm. from what was that? Maybe May of last year until now. He's just gotten so great at what he does but you know he's been busy and he's been honing his craft as well so uh video uh pictures he does it all but that was an important piece to the podcast i was missing i think like that that added value i hear that i hear that that's very important started base when Ina talks about that added value piece to a Mm. podcast now i appreciate you sharing that for sure tell us about pie box Oh, Pie Box. Mm. Um, I was like, I know there are other people that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
in the Mid-South. That's like, well, I'm just going to put it out there. It's like, you know, once you start podcasting, you tend to like try to follow and find other podcasters. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I did. Right. And um, I said, well, we need to have an event where we can all come together and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So I had a relationship with the owners at Havana Mix. And I mm-hmm. asked them, I was like, well, can I have an event here with other podcasters? They was like, sure. I was like, well, perfect. <laughs> so we did the first one. It went well. I probably invited maybe four to five podcasters. Everybody came. Everybody loved it. And they were like, well, we'll be doing another one. So I've been doing them, I want to say like uh, every two to three months now. Mm-hmm. So we did the second one. I learned about you, invited right. you, and you right. came and shared so much knowledge. Thank you for having me. I appreciate and it. Everybody's still talking about you, Dominique. That is. That's, yes. Look, okay. Yes. Look, the chicks in the mail. Okay? You ain't got to do all I'm that. serious. <laughs> I'm serious because you, you provided, you know, what, what episode are you on now? I just dropped 95 this past week. Okay. So, See? Yeah. See? You almost hit that big, big, big milestone. Almost. Almost. (laughs) See? Hold on, wait a minute. Real quick. For all my Startup Nation listeners who don't know what a junt is, that's a Memphis word. It's a noun. Okay. It is a thing, a person, a place. (laughs) And look, I had the queen of junt land Mm -hmm. on the show to break down what a junt is. It is a Memphis term. Right, right. It's a noun. All right. You know. Person, place, or thing. For sure. I had her on the show as well. Her episode's going to air in the book. She's dope. Yeah, you know what? I, and you probably feel the same way. I was like, I gotta get you on the show now before you go Hollywood on me. Right, that's how I feel. <laughs> so I gotta get you on the show now before you I go Hollywood. Know. When did she come? Um, she was a few weeks ago. Her, her episode is gonna debut in a few weeks, and so okay. but it was like a few weeks. ago. So you got the LA update from her. Did you? No, I did not. I did okay. not. I did not. I did not. Because she was leaving for LA the week, like she met with us on a Thursday. She was going to LA that Monday. Yeah, yours is gonna be a bit more current than mine. Okay. So yeah, so yeah. But yeah, no, I I, I had a blast at Podbox. Mm-hmm. I had a blast. I was I was smiling ear to ear mm-hmm. because, like you said, you know, because when we talk about entrepreneurship and even podcasting, if you will, right? It's like you can talk to like your family or your friends about podcasting, and they don't understand, right? <laughs> but like you talk to another podcaster, it's like a language, it and it's a, it's a language that only other podcasters understand, right? And right. so it's good to have a, a discussion with people who speak the same language, right? And then especially people who feel like you know they don't mind sharing absolutely information with you. That that's you know? important. That's important, <laughs> and, and I think you know startup nation. It's important to point out as well. Uh, that, you know, you know, as Ina is on the startup life, I'm actually going to be on Verbally Effective yes. uh, tomorrow. And I think that po- that highlights something important that like, look, we can we do the same thing, but we can work together yes. and, I'll, and I'll come up. I always think about uh, Atlanta hip hop, how they was always on each other's like songs and stuff like that. We can do the same here. Yeah. And so I thought that was important to, to bring up. But no, I had a blast at Popbox. Yes, I, I can't w- wait to the next. Next one is going to be in May. Okay. So we're okay. We're, we're gonna do it at a different location. Okay. Um, that's to be determined right now. Mm-hmm. So you know, kind of like minus the smoke, because I think gotcha. that was that was a big factor for some people. Gotcha. But still, the same cool, chill environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I didn't care. I was having a. I, was having a ball. <laughs> I, I was didn't care a ball. either. You right. know, I don't care <laughs> right. either. Right. But some people did. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, Ina, I, I want to ask you something serious, really quickly. You know, uh, so you had Shana J. Uh, of, of SJ Entertainment on your show, right? And she talked about, you know, and you talked about this a little bit about being in a male-dominated industry and stuff like that. She talked about the same thing on Verbally Effective. Also, once again, Startup Nation, you can check that link in the show notes for the Verbally Effective podcast. In the uh, show, the link is there in the show notes for easy access. Uh, but you know, we talked about Shana J, and I actually had Kim Foster Carlson. Now, Kim Foster Carlson, she's been in journalism for like over thirty years, right? She has like an Edward R. Murrow Award. Highly accomplished, right? And even to this day, she talks about her credibility being questioned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a black woman, you know, deep in the game and radio broadcasting stuff like that, tell us about some of those challenges you face, mm. you know, as a woman, as a woman of color in a male dominated industry. And how do you overcome those challenges? Oh, um, I can kind of back up to when I, when I first began in radio, um, I used to host a mix show mm-hmm. on the weekend. This is, this was at a hip hop station, gotcha. one hundred and seven, mm-hmm. and and this was like like I said early in the game. But I mean that's where I saw okay, something not right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm the female host. I have different mixed DJs coming in, all male, of course, and them saying things that I felt were very disrespectful. So mm-hmm. I'm telling them, look, we're not going to do that, blah, blah, blah. They ignore me. I take it to my program director. And it pissed me off because my program director at the time was like, you know, that's radio. And I was like, excuse me, wow. that's radio. I was okay. like, I don't think so. Like, if I go across the street to a different station, I don't think they're going to tell me the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what eventually happened. I moved to a different station. Gotcha. But I've seen men climb up the ladder, up the ladder um, in radio. But mm-hmm. I will say, as of the last five years, especially with me being at iHeart, I am seeing more diversity Okay. Um, with women coming into some programming roles. Uh, For myself, um, I haven't really experienced that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's okay. Because I figure like, you know, this podcasting thing is what I want to do. You know, this is my lane that I created. And now the company that I work for is investing heavily into this lane now. So I think that establishing your credibility really, you know, learning your craft and showing that you can do just as much as these males here. You Mm -hmm. know, I know it's a lot of like mixed DJs and things of that nature, but women are just as creative. Um, We show that time and time again, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in the radio industry. You know, like when you think of some of the syndicated shows you hear on the radio, do you think of any females? I mean, the only like one I think of, show. I think of Angela Yee, but outside of that, outside of that, outside of that, I can't. So think I look of at any. that as a lot of opportunity, right? Because now we are giving more, I think, chances to break into that realm. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's still very slim right now in, in the radio business. If we're just talking about radio, but uh, as I said, let me let me create my own thing because I ain't got time to be asking somebody for something and waiting on something. Right. I'm going to create my own lane where I. Can control what's going on. Gotcha. So, um, but I've dealt with a lot, a lot of different scenarios uh, working in male-dominated spaces mm-hmm. in the entertainment world. But I think I've handled it very well. Um, I don't think that I've ever, you know, jeopardized my integrity. Gotcha. You know, that's just not me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going. Right. <laughs> you know, things right. of that nature. Mm-hmm. But you do deal with that in this business. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, quick follow up, because, you know, when you talk about those challenges or whatever, right, what, what do you think is the best way to fix them? Is it to do what you're doing with Verbally Effective and Ivy Multimedia and just like break out, do your own thing? Or is it like, you know. Like say, no, I want to have this opportunity. Please give me this opportunity. Like what's the, what do you think is the best play? Um, I you mean, know, I, because I, the reason I ask is because there's a lot of women out there in Startup Nation who are going through the same thing and they're looking for that advice. And so if you would, yeah. can I give them that advice a little bit? Oh, that's kind of a hard one because okay. it's kind of like a, two, a double-edged sword okay. sometimes. Um, I think if they really want the opportunity, I think there's nothing wrong with being vocal about it. But mm-hmm. once you're vocal about it and you don't see any results if I were you I would try to carve my own lane you know Mm -hmm. because there's only so much asking and begging that you can do even if you have all of the check marks checked you still can be overlooked and so I've been in that situation before and and to me worked what worked best for me Mm -hmm. is to carve my own lane Mm -hmm. and and you'll have so many more opportunities I promise like the ones that you're looking for and even better Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. You know, who are your mentors? My mentors? Who are my mentors? Um, Like right now? Sure. Um, or mentors I'm, from the past. Uh, and they can be people that you, you, have, you can you know, call on the phone or somebody from afar like Oprah. Right. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say um, in business, um, I had a mentor by the name of Marie Fleur. She was actually from Mel- Mecklen, Belgium. OK. Um, that she was a very strong force with me when I first began in corporate in radio. Mm, I guess I, I kind of. Maybe Bobby OJ, but I wouldn't say that we are that close. But if I need some advice, I can call him. Mm -hmm. If I need some advice, I can call a Devin Steele or a Big Sue. But like really hands on. mm, uh, Gotcha. I'm looking for a good mentor. Okay. 
to be okay. honest with you. Gotcha. In in this podcasting space. What, to what, what take me be, to another level. What would be an ideal mentor for you? Like what would, what would they have to have? Um, or what are you looking for in a mentor in that space? Someone um that definitely that knows way more about the business than than I do mm-hmm. and maybe someone that can open my mind to opportunities that I don't even think about. Gotcha. Um, like I said, I wanted to get in more into the television side. Right. Maybe they have some insight on that and maybe mm-hmm. they have some insight just listening to what I've been saying, who I could partner with to help me grow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, the, the thing is, I'll tell you one thing I re- really like about podcasts and how it's a growing space. And I think me and you and a lot of us here in the city of Memphis are in a good space because podcasting is growing. It's really growing. And when, you know, Spotify bought Gimlet Media and, and Anchor, that solidified our industry. So I'm pretty sure those those mentors are going to stop popping up left and right. I for hope sure. so. For sure. So, Ina, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? <laughs> um, I think my superpower is kind of like what you mentioned earlier, pulling something out of you. Um, I mm-hmm. always felt like I've had the gift of communication. For sure. Just really effectively listening to what you're telling me and trying to dig a little bit more. I really think that is my superpower. Absolutely. Absolutely. But before I ask the last question, I just want to say thank you so much. You're welcome. It's so fun. I hope so. Looking outside of this beautiful view, ladies and gentlemen of the startup (laughs) nation. Y'all, I wish I could see what I'm looking at. Beautiful Memphis from his high rise office space. Right. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. So I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you. Thanks. Yes, because there's somebody out in Startup Nation who they feel stuck in their business and they're afraid to move forward or they're afraid to start something new like a podcast and how you ventured out on your own. They're afraid to do that. So give them a little motivation today to say, you know what, it's OK. You can do it. Hmm. Um. You know what person out there that feels like that? I, I feel like that, too. It's like you have to make up your mind to take that very first little step. And for me, it was like, okay, I know I'm going to talk with public announcement. I'm going to make this my first, you know, because I didn't know where to begin, really. So I did my research, but actually sitting down and putting together that plan, that big plan that's in your mind, it can be a little daunting, you know. So I I advise you to, you know, whatever it is you want to do, have your research down pack and take that first step. Believe me, that first step is going to lead to the next step. And be consistent. We talked about consistency today on the pod. That is so important because as you're consistent, you're going to get so much better at what you're doing. You're going to learn new things. You're going to, you know, develop all these superpowers and things of that nature. So um, taking that first step and being consistent is my advice. Gotcha. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life. Hi. Ina, did you enjoy being on the show? I did. This was fun. Awesome stuff. Awesome thank stuff. you, Dominique. Oh, thank you. I can't wait to have you on the Verbally Effective Let's pod. do it. Let's do it. All right, Startup Nation. <laughs> so here's my final take. I love Ina's story, but I, I really love this about Ina and her entrepreneurial mindset. She saw while she was in radio for a while that podcast was going to be the new wave and she dug in and she dug in early and i really think that ultimately that's going to prove very vital for her and her business and as far as ivy multimedia i love how she has a multitude of ideas and how she's building out not only you know her company but her team as well she understands more than anybody that building a great team around you is just important as the company itself if you want to let us know what you think about the show have an idea for a show topic or like to advertise on our show please send us a message on the startup life podcast facebook page and while you are there like and follow our page as well it's a way for us to engage with you startup nation and really grow our community the link is here in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be now be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or whatever your favorite platform to get your podcast on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass to get exclusive content. This is exclusively on the Bench Podcast Network's Patreon page. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life. I can be there, you can be-
Hey, Startup Nation, you're sticking around for that extra content, aren't you? All right, here you go. I was really good at riding horses. And so I just got this idea and made up these little business cards and stuck them in people's mailbox in the area and saying, if you have a horse, I'll come train it for 15 bucks an hour. Right. And here I was this 15-year-old kid and all these adults hired me to come and train their horse. That Startup Nation is Christine Lane, the body whisperer. So subscribe to the Startup Life podcast on all of your major podcast platforms so that way when that episode with Christine is uploaded, it'll be right there waiting for you. But until then, Startup Nation, get out of here. You got a company to grow.